Blog Talk Radio. Play. What up, everyone? Matchup Zone coming to you uh, in this crazy time we're living in, the time of the coronavirus. Uh, so tonight, we have a special guest, uh, Terrence Shannon, will be joining us. Uh, Terrence, a teammate of mine in the D-League, uh, which is now the G-League. Uh, T, obviously, you know, has played so many places, played all over the world, and, uh, you know, we're going to share his story tonight and uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, everything that's going on in the world and in the world of overseas basketball. T, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Kevin, man. Good to hear from you, you know, and I appreciate you having me on your show. Oh, absolutely. T, the, the, the best thing, uh, when I think about you, the best thing was you were just a, you were a real angry dunker, meaning like, Whenever I watched you dunk, you went, you drove so hard, like a Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, driving so hard and almost like just throwing the ball through so angrily. And I mean, I used to go up and like, just, you know, you get an N1 and I was almost afraid to go up and give you like a, you know, like a high five. Cause I was afraid you're going to punch <laughs> me in the face. You were like, <laughs> and that was like, that was my favorite thing to watch about you just, you dunk, you just drove so aggressively and dunk so hard. I was the complete opposite. I was a, you know, thank God I, that ball went in dunker. But like, that was just fun to watch. Just watching you, you go and drive down the lane and it, I always had the best view just trying to, like, you know, get in there and get a rebound. That was just fun to watch. Man, yeah. Um, most of the time, it's just funny you say that because a lot of people question me about my my facial expressions and when I'm on the court. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, of course, of course, me coming from, you know, coming from the city of Chicago, the south side, and growing up in an environment where you, you – you didn't have to be gangster, but you had to be still tough and have a backbone, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So coming on the basketball court, coming from a junior college, not going to May Division One, always always had a chip on my shoulder. So I never wanted anybody to see me smiling. I always want you to see <laughs> fear when I step on the court, like 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 for realistically. And you know how yeah. a lot of people in our you know back in our time, they used to get a tattoo called. Laugh now, cry later. A lot of basketball yep. players got that, you know. But I mm-hmm. switched it up. I switched it up towards fear me now, hate me later. You know, because it was it. just, it was just, you know, dealing with the basketball. And yes, after the game, I could shake your hand, you know, <laughs> smile, talk after that, and everything. But when we in between them lines, it, it was just mm-hmm. all business. And that's <laughs> that's just the Westbrook. That, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I said it's funny you mentioned Westbrook because. That's definitely one of my favorite players with his intensity and his aggressiveness. You know, mm-hmm. you can't take that away from a player. No, he just – that's what I love to watch. I mean, he's just – like you said, like I love when you're between those lines, you just you, you just go. There's no friendships. And it's, it's crazy because I think – and we talk about like the time period. I mean, we played together. Uh, it was, you know, the 2000, you know, early 2000s. And even just now, you know, 15 – 
you know, 20 to 15 years later, now you're kind of looking at how different it is and guys are, you know, more friendly and stuff like that. I feel like we didn't have that. We, especially in the, you know, when we play in the D league, which is now the G league, like we're no friends, like you were fighting for a job. And I love that. Like intensity. I think I learned a lot about intensity from you because I might've just gone through and been like smiling and being like, Hey, like do the old me and also <laughs> like intense. I was like, oh, right. shit, Lock this shit. Right. Remember, we had remember we had to play for playing time. Remember, it was, remember uh-huh. they capped it at a ten man roster, so it was no twelfth man. You know, at the practice, yep. like you had ten players, and if one player was hurt, you couldn't even practice five on five. Nope. Like it, it was it, crazy. It, it was totally totally different. You know, and we knew that people was going to get called up from the G from the D League. Unlike the mm-hmm. G League, it's more different because they could send so many players down now yeah. from the NBA. You know, it's kind of it's kind of defeating the purpose of having the G League, like how it was how it was when we was playing, to where we knew we didn't have to compete against NBA players to make the roster. We just had to compete against each other. Yep. And and Mm-hmm. Oh God. I was just saying. I was just talking to Coach Davidson, and he said this. Oh. You know, I remember his his words resonated because he said he's like, listen, you're not to go out there and be the best player you're going to go out there and he's like we're not the NBA is not looking for a guy who can score 30 points they're looking for a guy who does you know certain things really well and that's what we I think we all mm-hmm. focus on yes yes Kent Davis definitely he, <laughs> he, 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 he was a live wire he definitely kept you on oh, your toes <laughs> he did he did he was he was he I loved like his intensity and when you play, you know, when you play for a coach that intense, like your intensity rises. You're like, he's not even playing. Like, I, if yeah. I'm not picking it up, I need to pick this up because he's he's just he's so intense on the sideline. You're like, all right, we I'm not I'm not might not be giving my all. I need to go back on the drawing board and pick this shit up. It's crazy. Yeah, always willing, always willing to get that extra work for the players. You know, remember he yep. just bought the gun for the for the gym specifically just to help everybody get better. Like he worked. That he was worked crazy. And worked. And, and he like did. we, he, and you can, and you don't forget things like that, you know. Like mm-hmm. you know, you keep the relationships, the rela- the relationships you 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 build through the courses of basketball. You know that could carry over as well, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know. It's it's it's, it's been a long ride, you know. It's definitely it has been a long ride visiting all these different countries. You know, it gave me an opportunity to to you know to see different cultures and. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, I got I got three boys. I got five kids, of course, Mark. But three three of them is boys. My other two is girls, and <laughs> I just want to try to pass it on to them. You know, that, and that's a, that's just the main thing. Well, that's incredible. And you t- <clears throat> kind of talking about your experience. I mean, you played on over you were on over twenty teams uh, throughout your career. Uh, you know, playing all over the world. Which is, you know, your longevity, and that's, you know, your 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 handle on, you know, Instagram and Twitter and stuff, longevity, because you've been playing for so long. And even thinking about myself, and I try to stay in shape now, and but like to play at a high level where you're playing professional basketball for 20 years is is crazy. So, kind of getting into that, like, hey, how did how have you been able to keep your body? I know you you, you put up stuff about, you know, healthy body means that, you know longer career, but how do you keep your body going at that high level for over 20 years? Well, early in, I'm not going to, early in my career, I had to stop a lot of bad habits, mainly 
you know, mainly drinking. So, you know, as athletes, you know, you lead a country, you know, it's a lot of things going on. And I, and, and I, I, you learn habits from older players that you play with when you coming in. And if I, I stopped and, and I stopped drinking, I, I stopped a lot of my drinking in order for my body to be able to recover more. You know, in order, in order, um, ice bath. Um, I do just regular spin classes and hit classes with women. But you know, because you know, most of the females do the hit classes. You know, when you go to oh, the yeah. gym. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I try to stay away. I try to stay away from really a lot of basketball five on five, especially once yep. I hit thirty. When I hit thirty, like my last ten years, everything was. Okay, take care of your body. Take care of your body. Eat good. No fried food during the season. I try to eat no fried food during the season. I t- I stay away from pop. Not a lot of pop. Some people say soda. They don't know what I mean. But I'm not But you know, and and I see it now. Like and and when I talk to the younger players when I was still playing, I tell them, like, yo yo, you know. Shan, you know, you know, we want to, what you be doing? I'm like, well, that's what I don't be doing. Like right now, how y'all want to step out, you know, you know, we just had a game or whatever. We might get a game a couple of days later. You got to understand how to take care of your body. And mm-hmm. that's very important. Like some players that we know only play five, six years, stretching. Stretching is very yep. important. Your core. And you have to work. You really have to work. You need six hours a day. To be a professional, people, you have to the, you have to dedicate it like it's a real job. Mm-hmm. So whether it's, you you could split it mornings, but you have to put them hours in in order to in order to. I only want to say maintain because people who maintain don't survive that long. You mm-hmm. know, man, it's not about maintaining; it's about overachieving. Stress, it's you know, and that was that was the main thing. I did a lot. I always just did a lot of not basketball cardio, but other sources of cardio, just to keep my knees and my legs strong as well. That's And it's crazy just to kind of think about, you know, what you're saying and the drinking probably, uh, you know, that's like a big thing. It's, it's a tough one, but it's a big thing. I found like when I stopped drinking, like I feel like I can, I, my body feels better. It's crazy. Yeah. What you, yeah. it's like, it's nuts how like something like that can, and that's something that, you know, when you look into like being that, that professional basketball player, it's like you're going to the club, you know, the, the extra perks mm-hmm. are like the ones that are weighing you down. It's crazy. You, you, you're, you're 100% right. Like I never, one thing I never tried to do was what actually one thing I never did. I never went out the night before the game, mm-hmm. you know, and we have, and you know, you got players who does that, you know, and, and they still perform. But that was just – but you never can perform at your highest level if your body is not at 100%. Yep. It's, just, it's impossible. It's impossible. Well, and it's crazy, too. You look at mm-hmm. No, good. No, I was just going to say it's crazy, too, that you, you – what you were saying, too, about the uh, – I just don't think the, the young kids, it's like – it's tough. Like, you're talking about six hours a day, which is what I tell, like, the teach player, and it took – six hours a day of working hard and like these guys that like, Oh, and you know, it think it's such an easy path and you try mm-hmm. to tell them like, you know, this is, this is the hardest thing that you've ever had to do. You're working out six hours a day and you still 
could get so close and still not get there. But exactly, and then and then on top of that, working out, and they got to implement a lot of things. You need to watch video. Mm-hmm. You need to watch yourself because mm-hmm. a lot of times players they don't achieve things because they're not w- willing to take constructive criticism. And I agree. Of, I've seen a lot of players fail and get cut because they can't take constructive criticism. They don't know how to react to it. So they think people are just against them, even the kids now. And I, and, and I talk to the kids, and I try my best. You know how hyper I could be. But when I'm, my, my coaching style is totally different. Like when I talk to these kids, I'm, I'm so – Calm, and I think they some of them be surprised because, of course, some of them didn't have some, some Kent Davises, you know. And not, not saying when I say when people understand when I say Kent Davis, I mean somebody that's just riled up all the time mm-hmm. and he's talking loud, just that's just his nature. But it's it, but but it's nothing bad, it's nothing bad about that. Me, I'm just more calm about it because I be thinking this, and when you when you're teaching kids and even younger players, even younger players like rookies coming into the season, you know, you can make them nervous depending on how you talk to them. And they could, and, mm-hmm. they, and they cannot perform because of how, how vocal, because of different vocals you speak to them, you know, different tones. So I'm just, so, so I just try to tell the kids, look, whenever you have a coach, Whatever job they ask you to do, do it to the best of your ability. No matter how yell they loud, or matter how loud they yell, or how low they talk, always do your job. And then anything extra you do is going to be a plus. But don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged when somebody yelling at you or anything like that. That's just to build you up. You know, confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even like 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 when we played when we played back in the D League, like you mm-hmm. and your brother, y'all wasn't that vocal. But y'all played hard as hell. Y'all in practice and everything. Y'all, was, we running, we running drills, we doing everything. Y'all, everything is hard, mm-hmm. hard. And that was, and and I think that was too because of the players we was playing with. You know, we playing with Mikey Moore. You know, you know, an NBA player who y'all playing with every day. You know, we playing with every day, learning from. And I told you, yeah. They, and 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 there was some good experience, and 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 that helped, and that helped me down the long run too. You know, having people like that, Mikey Moore, Corey Alexander, you know, like, like them, like them guys really help help push us push us a little bit more too when we was playing. And it's so true. I I totally I think our team was put together so well because he had those veterans. He had like you know, and you can kind of compare it to an NBA team. Like we had those two veterans who've been there. They've done it. They're trying to get mm-hmm. back. And then you have, you know, young players coming in and you have guys that have, you know, <clears throat> you know, done other things, played in other leagues before. It's, it was just, it was a perfectly team. Uh, and I thought that was what Katie did really well. In he, uh, it's like he picked his team, not just, it wasn't just, if it was based on like the most talented, athletic, uh, he picked the team based on just guys that are going to gel together and play well together and, you know, right. p- perform a role really well. And I think that's, I mean, that's how I got in there just trying to perform that role. And that's, it's just crazy how some coaches kind of get that. It's nuts. No, you're right about that. You, you're very right. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's still hard to compare that era like you were saying, like you were saying earlier, 
it's too much nice basketball nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, like we didn't, you know, we didn't, we not, if we had a break, you know, let's just say we had a two, three day break, you know, and it, we're not going to another city in the D League playing and finna chill and finna chill with the other team and, and, and kick. <laughs> Even in the NBA, they weren't doing that back in the day. You know, like uh-uh. not doing the season, not doing the season. Like when you're doing doing the season, you're my enemy. We're friends, but yo, you are. You, it's, it's, it's a fine line because if you're not in the NBA and you're playing overseas basketball, you're playing in the G League. Them contracts not guaranteed. A lot of them contracts not even guaranteed. People don't understand. And if they are guaranteed, you can still be released. You know, mm-hmm. so the comp, so so the competition level. It was harder to see players. It was harder to see players. You had to actually go and see and and watch the video. You couldn't just turn on you know Instagram or Facebook and see this game live and see so many and, and see this person grow grow. You know, it's 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 it's, it's the computer era now, and yeah, I always I always tell people, uh, it, like like everybody always say, can you imagine if we had the social media like when we was like early back when when the, the D League was the first D League? Because I, I actually think it was a very competitive league. You know, it was only ten teams, but yep. it was very competitive. There was a lot of NBA players that 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 got called up from from that era when we was playing. That wasn't in, that wasn't in the NBA, and it, yep. it it opened a lot of doors. It did open a lot of doors for us. It definitely did, and it, and it I also thought... helped their relationships. Thinking about it right like right now, as much as me and you might not talk, we still uh-huh. are still very good friends. And every time that we speak or we text each other or, or whatever it is, it's always a good conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that... that's the kind of relationship you want to build. And that's the craziest thing, because I talk to people about that who, like, don't understand. Like, you know, we haven't probably seen each other since, like, 2006, but we can just pick up the phone and talk like we just saw each other yesterday. And I think that's what I have a, you know, you go through all the teammates that you probably had who you were close with and just kind of having that. It's it's crazy because I don't think it, it works like that in other professions, but, like, you know, you're you're on the court. You're you're fighting for each other every single day. You develop that great friendship, and it, you walk away. And you could. St- it's like the contact doesn't need to be permanent, but it's mm-hmm. like you pick up the phone, and suddenly it's just like I just saw you yesterday, and that's just like the cool thing about I think professional basketball. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. You know, you meet a lot of like. I played in Puerto Rico for eight years, and I. I played with, um, you remember Track the Trailer? Yep. Robert Trailer. And that was, and, and, and we, and we was teammates for two years. We was teammates for two, teammates for two years, but we known each other prior to that. So when we got on the same team, it's like we knew each other our whole lives, you know, rest in peace. So that was kind of, that was kind of one of the, Worst time of my basketball career in 2011 when he yeah. had a heart attack. Actually, during our season, actually during our season, during our doing, and I had my son, my 13, my my son, my middle son, 
Of course, all my sons are named Terrence Shannon. <laughs> Terrence Shannon Jr. <laughs> I hey, love man, it. Hey, the 13 year old is is Terrence Shannon, but his middle name is different. He has a Hawaiian middle name because of his mom is oh, Kaika, awesome. and then the baby is Terrence Shannon, but his middle name is also Kai, um, Kaleo. And of course, my two daughters, um, Kaleo and Taylor. You know, but but T Man was actually down there at the time, and. For two straight years, me and Track saw each other every single day. We played two straight years together, and we was it wasn't one day we didn't see each other, except mm-hmm. for that one day, except for that one day when he had the heart attack Jesus. inside his apartment after the and he and 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 I was it devastated me it devastated me a little bit because it was still in the middle of the season, you know, and he and that that is kind of. That 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 was kind of one of them, them times overseas where it was like, like man, like it's really trying to start to buckle down more, you know, and focus on basketball and family, you know, because yeah. times like that, just like right now with the Kobe Bryant incident, you know, you just never you, you just never know nowadays. Like anything anything can happen now. Anything can happen and relate. Relation when you build these relationships, like when when things like that happen, that's how you. I, I think you could grow a little bit more from that, but at the at the same time, like when things like that happen, it's it's it, 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 it's 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 difficult. It's, it's, it could get difficult for you, you know. But oh, absolutely. I, fin- I, I, I finished playing. I finished playing though. I finished playing the season out though. You know, and still, you know, his 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 um, family, his wife and kids. They his daughter just actually just graduated and just and just got a scholarship this oh, year. Different. Yeah, yeah. So, but but that was that was one of my real good friends that I played professional basketball with, and and of course, you know, he was of course he's known infamous known for the Dirk and the whiskey trade. <laughs> 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 that was where he was. That was that's what track was always. That's what he was always known for. The Dirk and the whiskey trade, the Milwaukee Bucks trade, and track the trailer, Milwaukee and Milwaukee trade, Dirk giving Dirk and the whiskey to the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy that like you know, there's so many players, and like you know, all those fringe NBA players and guys who like played, you know, and had had successful. But like, it's crazy how many guys, even like Chucky. Uh, you know, was involved in some yeah. crazy trades, and it's like you, you kind of go through, and you're like, that that's what you end up being known for, and it's it's crazy. Like you know, even the, the Jordan trade with Sam, it's like you, that's such a crazy yeah, thing. right, this, exactly. This exactly. poor guy, and like Darko Milicic or whatever, he they, it's like you picked him over the him. You pick this is crazy. So it's like insane that like some of these guys, you know, you kind of get a name just based on you know the trades that you were a part of. But kind of going back in your over, career, it can happen oh over, go ahead, go ahead. Uh huh. No, I said it no. can happen overseas. The same thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, like like yeah. What was you saying, though, Kevin? No, like so going back in the you know the, we talked that you know some some crazy experiences that you've experienced. What was like one of the you know in terms of like teams and, you know, how they presented themselves because I've been in some crazy situations, you know, once uh, I left the D league, there's been some crazy situations. What do you, what's like a craziest situation you've probably been in, uh, in your, uh, career. Man. 
it's funny you said that. I would say it was actually <laughs> a few years ago recently in the Dominican Republic. And mm. I was going there, and they were telling me, oh, yeah, yeah, you got to – we're going to take you to your, your apartment, you know, very nice, you know. It's, okay, okay, cool, cool, okay. So we're pulling up, and we're still driving. You know, I've played it for years in Dominican already, so I'm like, <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> so they take me to a cabana. It's called a cabana. Uh-huh. A cabana in the Dominican is basically you go and rent rooms by the hour or something if you want to go and be intimate or things like that, you know, or <laughs> that's what they're used for in the Dominican Republic. So I'm like, when I get there, I'm like, like, where do y'all have me at? Like, for one, I couldn't even walk to no, a store. Like, if I was to walk outside, I see cows and open land. This is where they have me at. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, and y'all want me to, and y'all want me to come to practice in tonight too as well. I, I, and they took, and then they asked me to take a picture. Two of the guys was there. They was fans because I, I got a, had a couple of championships in the Dominican. So they was like, "Yo, Shannon, can I get a picture, picture?" But when you see the picture, it looked like I'm just ready to burn a hole through their heart. Like I know you don't think I'm gonna stay here for three months. Like, like no. And a couple of my friends, my friend Reggie, he made a joke about it. He put it on Facebook. You know how they could caption things. And he had me on there with the picture. And it went, and it was like, why do you have me here? I'm ready to go home right now. Right? Like, it was like, I, 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 it was, and, it, and it wasn't even an apartment. It was just a whole, it was a regular, it was a whole a room with a bed and a TV. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But, you know, but that's how you got to be patient. And that's one thing right there as far as players overseas, like I could have easily snapped right there and just went home. Yeah. Or, you know, depending on the scenario, but some players is like, no, don't complain because it wasn't the worst, but I just knew where it was, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I knew the kind of place it was. But when you're playing overseas, they will put you in some living situations that's unimaginable. Like even in – countries you wouldn't believe. Argentina, they put me, they tried to put me in a place and I was there for two months and I never took a shower inside my apartment for two months because the bathroom wow. was that bad. Like That's crazy. Like, and, and, you, and you have to suck it up. And, but I explained it to them. I say it like this. I said, if you was to come and play basketball in the States, I said, you wouldn't, we would, they wouldn't put you inside the hood or, you know, in a hole in the wall. You know, that's, I mean, that's just, that's for real though. That's, and for them to, and for you to do that and want me to play it 100% to the best of my ability and win for you and you say we family, that is totally disrespectful. And it happens a lot overseas. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet. And, I, and, and sometimes it could be, you could be getting maybe thirty, forty thousand 40000 a month. And you and, and they and you would still be like, yo, I can't believe y'all got me living here. Y'all paying me all this money. Y'all got me living here? Like, like, That's like, insane. Like, but, yeah, that, oh, the living situations overseas is can be horrific, but they also could be great as well. Oh, they yeah. Can. Like I, that right there, yeah. No, that's crazy. I remember I went to Kosovo, and uh, it's crazy because I always have these stories about Kosovo, and it seems like they're all negative, but I like Kosovo, but... <laughs> 
we would they would shut down the power of the entire city and the water supply. So they would shut down the power around midnight and the water supply around like seven. So if we had a late practice, I had to shower at the gym. And like, there was one time where we were trying, we had a, you know, practice and I was starving. I was like, I can, I can make it, make it. I was eating and I finally ran out. I got my part. I started turning water. It turned on. I started getting wet and it shut off. I was like, are you kidding me? So I had to sit there and stink all night. It was crazy. Like some of these situations are nuts. Oh no, yeah, you, and you never know when power going to. In some countries, you never know when power is <laughs> going to go out. Like le- countries like Lebanon, you know, Lebanon, even in Egypt, the Dominican, Venezuela, like power could just, just, you just, it just, it'll just go out, and you just like, okay, when is it going to come back on? Whenever it comes, whenever it decides to come back on. <laughs> like, yeah. It's nuts. And, like, I love, you know, it's like, because we talk a lot overseas. Like, what would you, how would you compare basketball overseas to basketball in America? Playing both places, you know, play, having your shot in the NBA, uh, playing, you know, in, in, uh, in the, in the, and then kind of playing overseas. How would you compare just the basketball, like, you know, in terms of just like on the court to basketball in America? say basketball in the United States has been going back to more one-on-one, you know, instead of team basketball. Like I always give people the example of Spain. Spain is one of the, probably the second top league in the country. And the, the lead league score in Spain is maybe, 18, 19 points a game, but they over, but they, but they still getting 3.4, 5 million a year. And the NBA, you have the, you have the NBA where your money is your numbers. Like you get yep. paid back, you get, you get paid like, if you're averaging 30 points a game, you're going to be guaranteed, like, you're going to be getting, like, 30, 30 million a year now, 30, 40 million a year, where that ain't – you don't even – you don't even necessarily have to – These I don't believe these guys have to play 40 minutes a game. When you look at the NBA, you have a lot of DMPs, you know, on the mm-hmm. roster. Teams might play eight players, nine players. But one thing about in Spain – if they got 10 players in their roster that they know could go out there and produce, and even if it's just for a, a, um, five, six minutes, they're going to mm-hmm. be out there on that court, and they're going to be earning their paycheck. You know, and, they, and, and, and they're not just going to be cheerleaders cheering on the games every night and then just being yeah. practice players. You know, the, the NBA, the NBA is more – it's. It's kind of it's kind of less read and reaction than just spot up one on one and pick and roll basketball. And not yeah. all the teams, but if you look if you look at a lot of it, you know, I think basketball overall, from the first person to the last person, is taught probably a little bit more more aggressive overseas. Because yep. like when they because Luca was right when he said it, it is easier to score in the NBA than it is overseas. Yeah. <laughs> for, for one, for, for one, you know, for one, 
you still have college rules overseas to where somebody could stand under the rim. So mm-hmm. it's not like you got that open space all the time. In the NBA, it's, it's so much freedom. And then you could barely touch anybody either. There's no more physical defense. Overseas, you can play physical. Man oh, yeah. basketball, you know. <laughs> and, and, and it is. Basketball is more physical in the national than it is in the, in the, NBA, than it is in the state, in the NBA. And it's, and it's crazy, That's- too, like <clears> – <throat> You had to – I feel like overseas, you know, the, a lot of the things with, like, the help defense and stuff in the NBA is because no one can stop anyone. Like, no one can – you know, I, there's not a single player that can stand in front of another player and stop them every single time on the floor. Guys are just too quick, and just, you know, when you're running forward as opposed to going backward, it's just going to – it's, like, naturally, which is why help defense is so big. And overseas, though, like – I feel like the help defense, like you were responsible for your man. It was such a different, like when I was playing here and then I went overseas and then I came back and had a few tryouts and workouts with teams. And like my, I was, I was so focused on that, keeping my man in front of me, not letting my man score. I was like almost fucking up the help defense because I was so, I was like, if my man scores, I'm screwed because, over the past four years, that's what was ingrained in my brain. Like, do not let this man score help on block mm-hmm. shots. But there wasn't the rotation. There wasn't the NBA because in the NBA, like no one, it's, it's too hard to stop one guy overseas. They're like, Nope, you better, you, you stop him. Like there's not there or you for, don't get paid. Oh, oh, we go. Oh, we, I'll, I'll tell you what, we can find somebody who can. It was like it was like that. It was like that. that and, think, and you have a lot of you have a lot of you have a lot of NBA more NBA players leave the NBA and go overseas and get cut than stick. Mm-hmm. It's, it's NBA players. NBA, NBA players do not. It's, it's NBA a lot of NBA players or Amer- cannot adjust to overseas basketball games because mm-hmm. when you go to certain countries. We don't want you to score 30 points. It's not like, okay, when you go to countries like China or, you know, Korea or um, Venezuela, you know, them countries. But when you're talking about France, Spain, um, Greece, like, we have the best players from other countries, too. It's not just you. We're recruiting everywhere. They're recruiting everywhere else, too. So when you yep. them, so, so you, they, they, it's, it's it's tough. It's tough, man. It's, now don't mm-hmm. get me people. No, no, don't get me wrong. The NBA is very talented. It's a, it's, the NBA is a, it's, it's still the best basketball league in the world. You know, don't get me wrong, but the rules, the rules is just so soft now. Like the yeah. the, the half the fifty fifty to sixty percent of the fouls they call the NBA, you would never they would never call overseas. Like now, crazy. And totally, you know, I and we talked, you know just about like what a difference it is between contact when we played like we used to just I mean we we get hammered and they half the time it wasn't a foul wow. and you know and, now you kind of yeah. look at over that's how it was overseas you just there was there was they you could just and it's crazy because I always talk about like refereeing and so and how refereeing like and it changes especially for an overseas player like the referees aren't 
consistent from country to country. Mm-hmm. So you have a referee who referees this way in Venezuela. You have a referee who referees this way in Spain, a referee who refer- – and, like, you're – as an overseas basketball player, you are constantly, constantly changing everything that you have to do every single yeah. year because you're – many times, like, it's hard to stay in one league. You're constantly bouncing around. You're chasing, you know, better situations, better opportunities, better money. So – to, to yeah, adjust, I, I think it's just, it's just different. It it is, and I, I think too. Just because these NBA the NBA contracts are so secure, they they they're secure. Like you sign an NBA contract, but you sign you sign a three four year deal, guaranteed. You know, like like that's overseas. It could still be guaranteed, but you still might not see that bread. And then uh-huh. you got to go through fighting. You got to go through fighting this and that. And I think that's another thing too. On, you know, of course, they're the locals. They they get they they get their money. You know, they always oh, yeah. take care of. You know, but as far as the Americans or the imports, Americans imports, however you want to call it, because a lot of people don't understand that Americans aren't the only imports that that play abroad. You know, mm-hmm. so, but it's. I think the I think the NBA NBA needs to get a little bit more tougher because the, the international game is definitely separate. the international players have definitely closed closed the gap big time like 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 for real because and 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 this I think it's showing even more though because of how soft the rules are as well. Yep. Like and not taking nothing from them as well. You know, not taking nothing from the foreign players. They're great foreign players in this world. All over, and it always has been, you know. But yeah, it's I kind of it's a different world. I kind of prefer to play the aggressive overseas basketball than just yeah. you know uh, playing you know OLA defense. You know, all right, cool, we got another possession. No, every like 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 Katie Ken Davis used to say, guard your yard, and that's what a lot of people don't never see. guard your yard. You remember, he's always stressed that. <laughs> and it's it's crazy. Like I think about you know, we played in a game back then, and I still would foul at half the game. So I was like, I must be doing something wrong. I was like, I need to ease up or just learn to slide my feet. So kind of talking about a little bit about you know different world that we're living in. Uh, you know, obviously you 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 know you, uh, we talked earlier. You were about to head back to the Dominican to play uh, before this whole Corona took over. Um, and I think there's, you know, a lot of people overseas guys were affected by this. Did you, have you heard any stories of other guys who might've been caught in a, in a country or, you know, like lost their money or lost their job just based on this whole entire pandemic? Oh, yes. I have a lot of friends when the league, league shut down and they just had to fly home. Some is actually still overseas in some of the countries. I got a couple of friends still in. China, um, France, and even Mexico. Like Mexico, actually, I think they actually still playing some games in Mexico. What? But so many players, there's so many players out of work right now. It's it's it's, it's, it's hundreds and thousands of players without a job, and because the league is not going on because of this epidemic, and it's sad. It's even, you know. But you know what? I don't. I don't feel as bad for the professional players as I feel as bad 
for these college players. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, that's crazy, you know, and just, I mean, especially your case and, you know, if, if you guys, if, you know, the listeners aren't following college basketball, Terrence, you know, Terrence Shannon senior T has a son, uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., who's one of the top players in college, playing at Texas Tech, had a great freshman year. T, like, what? So, what was what was that situation like? You know, in his mind, he's going to play in the NCAA tournament and probably, you know, really, you know, proceed far in the tournament because that team was strong. What was his feeling of the, all of this kind of being taken away? He's actually he's actually taking it better than I thought. Um, and it, 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 it's sad because it, this, this, it was this NCAA tournament method is an opportunity for a lot of players to, that was maybe overlooked throughout the year. And they, you know, that can make, that can make you a first rounder or NBA player just for having a good tournament game. And I know he was, he was anxious to do it. And, he, and he was excited for it. And when it first happened, they was actually in the Big 12 conference tournament game, and they was going to get ready to play. And when it, when it happened, they was in Kansas, and they shut it down. But I knew once the NBA shut it down, it was going to trick. It was going to be a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, he still got next. He still got next year. He still got next year. You know, to you know take care of business, but. Yeah. To lose a, a to lose a, NCAA, a chance to play in the NCAA tournament, and this could have been some players' last time or even only time to play in it this year, and they lost that opportunity. You know, you can't you can't get that you can't get opportunities like this back ever in life. Like you just you just can't, and it's not and it's not just affecting one school; it's, it's, it's affecting all. But you're also talking about kids' livelihood as well. You know, and even even other students, you know, other other students with other pursuing other goals. But I think it's, I think it's just going to drive him more for next year to to play even better. You know, get stronger. You know, work more work more on on his, on his knockdowns, knock down them open shot. You know, mm-hmm. and he's gonna be and you know and 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 I, and I think next year going to be another good season for him. You know, he was. It, it was, he was blessed to be Big 12 freshman freshman on all freshman team this year, and I just think you know, you know, a little bit more aggressiveness. You know, he can the sky's the limit for him. He's got to be aggressive. That's awesome. Kind of going into that because you know, in uh, you know, as a as a good basketball player yourself. How was it going through, you know, and knowing so much of what you do still playing, how was it going through the uh, recruiting process with him when, you know, you know as much as you do? Is it like could you kind of call bullshit on some of these coaches or was it like you just kind of sat back and relaxed and watched? I mean, we go on a visit. You know, I listen. You know, of course, I observe everything what's going on, the communication with the with the coaching staff to the to the faculty, and you know, and you know, me, me and his mom, we was we was there. You know, just wanting to know what did TJ like. 
You know, and that's mm-hmm. what I, that's what it was really that's what it was really about with me. I was just focusing on TJ. Do you like 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 how do you feel about this? I wanted him to mm-hmm. make a decision. I, I, you know, I wanted I didn't want to want to send him one way or one way or another one, one way or another or tell him I need you to pick this school. I just wanted him to be comfortable, be be comfortable because we we visited Texas Tech, Florida State, DePaul. Illinois. He visited Georgetown, Louisville, and you couldn't go wrong with any school name wise. Would you fit with that team? You know, do you would you fit? You know, being with this coach. You know, because this is your life. You know, this is not my life. You know, I could like, and 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 I didn't because I didn't go through I didn't go through a heavy process like this. Like I was I was I was recruited after junior junior college after playing junior, junior college. But like, mm-hmm. but not like, but not at, at at this level. But at the same time, I, I've had I've, throughout basketball, you know, being around players, you know, like like you yourself playing a Division One school and other players, you know, I've I've heard I've, I've heard what how it happened. But when you actually there and you experiencing it, you know, it's 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 it's, it's great memory. It's, mm-hmm. it's great memories, you know, and I, I think, and I, I, when it's all said and done, I definitely think he picked the best school that was right for him. And, and there was a couple other schools that he could have fitted in as well, but I think he, I think he, he buckled down and he, and he, and he, ma- and he made the right decision. He waited. He didn't rush, of course, because he did commit to DePaul prior to Tech. But then he mm. committed, and then because he felt that he did rush the process, you know, because of course, what kid wouldn't want to play at home, you know, yeah. like, like, like that, you know, every kid would definitely love to play at home, but you know, sometimes it's definitely better to get away. It, it actually helps you grow as a man, you know, man yeah. or woman, getting away from home. Well, it's you know, funny, so. I, you think about like the the college, and college is tough, but like, it's it's so tough at such a young age to make a decision and how crazily crazy big these decisions end up being, uh, you know, where you go to college, it, a lot of times that can, you know, it, if you're a basketball player, where are you going to, is that going to be enough to get you to the next level? Uh, you know, you could meet, you know, wife, you know, every, your entire life can be different and you're making that decision as like a 16, 17 year old kid it's such a crazy decision to make at such a young age. Cause I didn't know shit at 16 or seven. I still don't know shit now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like thinking like 16 or 17. It's so tough to be like, decide what the rest of your life is going to look like now. And you're like, uh, and I then they get mad. I, when I, I, I didn't even knew overseas basketball existed. <laughs> <laughs> like we knew that we, like we, we knew the USA team, USA team played against these international players. They didn't know uh-huh. there was actually leagues like that going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, so kind of going into like, you know, wrapping, wrapping this up. Um, what is, you know, you obviously you've been playing for so long. You have such a great career. And uh, one of my favorite posts during the pandemic was when you said, like, you should not be blaming the pandemic for you not having a job. Like, get out there and work. <laughs> so, I was like, I, I looked at that and I was like laughing out loud. I was like, that's like the best thing I read all day. Because it's so true. Some guys are like, yeah, you know, pandemic. That's why I didn't play. I'm like, okay. But like kind of going yeah. to those young guys. Like, what advice would you 
give to like those young players who could be heading overseas, you know, their first trip overseas? What advice do you kind of have for guys like that? Tell them when you're going overseas and you're playing and you leave in a country, you have to worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught. Don't get caught into groups or you know, like like you need to go. You need to go take care of business. You need to adjust to different cultures. That be the that be the the player. That be the player's big big problem overseas is not adjusting to the culture. You know, because mm-hmm. overseas you might have to go to team dinners. You know, you might have to bring your family to team, you know, to team events. And you, and you might not understand the language at all, but it, it helped. Like, we can learn, you know. We could learn and we could adapt. A lot of, I see a lot of players go overseas and they don't know how to change their ways as far as attitudes and where they're from because they always want to act like they're the tough guy or they're the alpha males when – when you're going overseas, there's a lot of alpha males. When you play professional sports in general, it's a lot of alpha males. So keep working and don't never – and also don't ever let nobody say that you if you can't. If you believe mm-hmm. in yourself, you know, if you believe in yourself, believe in me. It can happen, especially if you know you got the talent. Like, I tell a lot of people like me, Kevin, like, I've never played one lick of AAU basketball. I didn't even play – until my senior year, and still didn't have no school to go to. Literal ECC Community College, and now I'm going to retire right now after playing 20 years. And that was being, and that was not playing no middle school basketball, none of that. So all these so 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 all these players, you who, you know, who think it's it's never too late. If not, you, you still got to be talented now. You know, <laughs> it ain't you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you still gotta have some game, you know. But every everybody everybody got their different paths, you know. But never, but if you know you have that opportunity, you have to get out there and you have to and you and you have to try to show your talent somewhere, whether it's a camp or anything. Don't give up, and when you get there, try to stick, stay with it, work hard. Go, don't don't get caught don't get caught up. And, mm-hmm. and the wrong things. Don't get caught up in the wrong things. You know, just think about and always think about the future. And also play every game like it's your last. Because you never know. Injuries happen. I've seen guys who was great college players and then they end up playing two or three of professional basketball because they because of injuries. You know, uh-huh. and get your degree. Think about other things besides basketball because it ain't promised. Like 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 people can be in love with you one day and they cannot the next day. I was blessed. A lot of people don't. I, I didn't play more more longer than I didn't play more longer than careers than than most major college basketball players. Hell, NBA players. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and it don't happen that. It don't happen like that that often, you know. And and, and also my path. But get a degree. Still go to school because there's still a lot going on. After basketball, like me, Kevin, I want to coach basketball, but of course, nobody taught me or showed me a lot of things when I was coming up. Like, oh, you need your master's degree if you want to be a, yep. a, a college basketball coach. A lot of players don't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 
Oh, man, I, mean, I, mean, I know basketball. No, you need you, – a bachelor's degree doesn't even cut it to be a head coach. You need a mm-hmm. master. You know, so get the magic, get that education and also give back. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you have talent, don't just – you pass it on to the youth. And not just talent, just how to be a man in general. You know, because it's, 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 it, it go hand-in-hand when you're teaching these kids basketball and when you're dealing with other professionals, you know. So, yeah, and that and, you know, be good people, you know. And, and I, you know, I definitely appreciate you bringing me on to the show, Kevin, you know. Um, maybe we get TJ on one day. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's, it's yeah. great. I mean, T, it was awesome, you know, talking to you again, catching up on, you know, some of the basketball stories and stuff like that. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, keep me posted with with the what's going on. We'll uh, be in touch, but this is all awesome. yeah, I appreciate. It. Definitely, Kevin, I will, man. And hope everybody in your family is safe. You know, prayers with y'all with this coronavirus going on. And, you know, hope everybody get good this epidemic real safe and sound. Absolutely. Thanks, T, and you, you, you and your family as well. I appreciate it. All right, Kevin, man. God bless, man. Talk to you later. You too. You too. All right. Uh, T. Shang joining us uh, on the show, <clears throat> and uh, we're going to wrap things up right now. Really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you know, keep, keep subscribing. Subscribe on the iTunes. So uh, we're going to get some more guests, a lot of overseas talk. I don't think there's many overseas podcasts going on, so I want to really try to get this uh, niche going. But appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys, uh, you know, tuning in. And uh, I hope you guys have a great night. Until then, I'll see you guys next time. Kane is in the building. Marley G, bro, fly, Holly, grow chicks to my Holly.